0: joining us on this week's episode of Wise Content Creates Wealth. You've heard that content is king, but wise content rules the world. Wise content is data intelligence-driven, storytelling content created for promotional purposes. It is the heart of modern marketing, and without it, digital marketers will fall behind their competition, lose connectivity with their customers, and ultimately fail at being profitable. I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy and I'm a marketing technology expert. I'm also an award-winning content producer who can create incredibly detailed, high-quality articles and and blogs and videos and podcasts, things like that. Uh, Additionally, I lead content teams that produce thousands of pieces of content um, monthly for uh, Fortune 500 companies. My company is Galileo Tech Media but executes on creating wise content and marketing campaigns. Galileo was created out of a desire to get away from the drudgery of daily marketing by creating content that we sent out in the world to find an audience and bring back sales and leads for months and sometimes years. Um, And, of course, artificial intelligence is is part of that that vision of uh, alleviating that drudgery. So today we're going to ask the question: Can artificial intelligence solve your content pain? But first, a little story. You know, there's um, we're talking about artificial intelligence creating content, and that's a that's a that's a revolutionary thought, and you know, in terms of content and production and and, and productivity. And there was a time when uh, you know uh, other technologies were doing that. There's and there's always somebody who hates the new technology because it somehow undermines the way things are, you know? Um, you know, And there's people out there now talking about, uh, you know, how this AI content is not a good thing yet, but, you know, I think it's important to keep this story in mind, you know, that there was a Luddite back in the 15th century, all right? Who, um, who, uh, was an abbot. His name was Johannes uh, Trithemius. Treethemus. I don't know. I don't want to say it. I, I just found him, so I haven't figured out how to say it yet. But who was no fan of the printing press? All right. Because of what it was going to do, the poor monks. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't just that it would put them out of work that it would impact their souls. He was worried that the printed pretty printed, printed presses would make months lazy. right? And his his, his opinion. Writing uh and making manuscripts was a was a was a built character and it was akin to chopping wood. And so labor was part and parcel of the devotion of making the Christian text. Um and if you weren't good at writing, well then you could do binding or painting or just for heaven's sakes, practice. Um, and it was something that monks had to do because there was Nothing more dangerous to for the devout soul than idleness, <laughs> and then he he also believed that, that printed books weren't anything to get bothered about. There, the paper wasn't as permanent as parchment, um, and there, you know there was uh, many. There wasn't that many books in print. They were going to be hard to find, and they and they were ugly, and they they were constrained by the type. So it was just like he. Um, He 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 he. Basically, the quote he had was: "The he who ceases from zeal for writing because of printing is no true lover of the scriptures. You're going to go to hell." (laughs) Of course, the printing press created large changes in Christianity and medieval Europe. It began solidifying the authority of the Christian authority over society. Which was maybe a good thing, maybe not so good, and went on to become a stepping stone for the Protestant Reformation. Um, you know, the, if Martin Luther's ideas and Bible hadn't got out there, there might not be, uh, you know, Protestant religions, Evangelical religion. So it was a you know a revolution in content uh, production changed society dramatically. So I'm going to talk to somebody that's got involved in the AI game and content producing. His name is Bruce Amick. He's a friend of mine. He's co-founder and CEO of dot, which combines human talent and AI to produce content solutions. Bruce has 30 plus years of experience building and implementing secure and efficient projects for private and public sector enterprises. So hi, Bruce. How are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. Living the dream. You're living, uh, the dream, right? yeah. living the dream,
1: right? Living the dream. Love, love that story about uh, you know the uh, the evils of the printing press turning into you know the uh, the the force that spreads Christianity throughout the savage, untamed world.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, love you know, that, there's, Joseph. There's there's actually people that are writing books right now that uh, yeah don't like the whole idea of. The content, uh, direction of content, and AI production. I think a guy named Nick Carr or Andrew Keen that have written some books that are against it. But you know, uh, there's there's always going to be the luddites that want to that want to uh, stand in the way of that. So, how did your career start from building solutions for Broadway ticket sales to leading this AI content revolution?
1: Well, um, it's, you know, it's an interesting journey. Um, I was involved with uh, Broadway's uh, leap to the internet back in 2000, uh, led a company called Broadway.com. And at that point, you know, the biggest concerns about content was the images and the, uh, you know, being able to uh, provide engaging content. Not a whole lot of thought was put into you know, the writing and what was actually being written uh, and image copyrights were difficult to come by. And, you know, you need to get permission from uh, the shows. You need to get permission from actors and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that was that was the biggest content pain of that time. Um, and as far as search and discovery, well, you know, you had a great URL and that was pretty much the full strategy. And you just advertised the the daylights out of it. That was a long time ago, though, and things have changed quite a bit. Um, I've uh, focused quite a bit on distributing uh, Broadway product through travel agencies, OTAs, uh, through tour operators. uh, And in that case, we were focused more on the connectivity and the APIs. Uh, And then this, uh, about a year ago, I started on a project, and Joseph, I, kind of roped you into it as well of revitalizing a travel site. And one of the things that became readily apparent was if we didn't update the content rapidly and at a pace that uh, matched its previous uh, owners of that site, uh, we were just going to continue to drop in the rankings on the, on the search engine result pages. And, you know, getting the, getting the strategy in place for what type of content and how frequently to put it and what should be in that content was a whole exercise in itself and kind of painful. But then actually getting the content written was a... a, uh, (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Right? Uh, Finding authors, getting the price agreement, putting the calendar together, having you know, them do their drafts, have, sending the drafts back to them, all of that you know, just turned into a really really difficult process. Uh, this last summer uh, in starting places, we needed to set up um, activity marketplaces in a couple of cities that would have thousands of events in them uh, for hundreds and hundreds of venues, and we needed to fill up those uh, those pages with SEO-friendly content so that people could discover these things to do. And that process was a little bit daunting at first because the, there's just no uh, supply of descriptions. Uh, and we started to play around with AI to write the descriptions for the events, the descriptions for the venues. And that's when we really discovered that there was a, a really strong use case and argument for using AI to help propagate pages that, um, you know, would, would otherwise take 10 times longer to create. Um, and, you know, cost is obviously another factor, but right. uh, we were able to stand up 1500 pages uh in less than two weeks uh and they it was indexed in 13 days by google after publishing uh we started ranking in position one for some of those pages so it was it was really uh, just a light bulb went off and it was a
0: thousand watt light bulb mm-hmm.
1: so what, what um
0: uh, you know what i'm asking a question this is sort of a little bit technical but you know back in the day you know i actually in the 80s I was a duke and i uh, I studied, my major was computer science and my, you know, I was, my, my, my approach was uh, my, uh, whatever, my theme was AI, right? And what we used to do for AI back then was what was, I guess, called alpha beta search, right? It's, uh, you you didn't have tremendous computer systems that you have now, right? So you had to create, you, you know, you had to, and you didn't have machine learning, Right, they could go out there and learn things. So we had to basically, you could go certain levels down. Say you were designing a game, right, and you wanted to play a game. It, it could go se- several levels down, say ten levels down from a move that you might make, right, and then it could imagine a bunch of other moves that could be made. They could create a tree upon those successes, and then it would do for every other possible move that, that could be done on the board. It could create a tree of what would the results be? And then you'd have to come up with a scoring algorithm that at the mm-hmm. end of the tree that said, how likely was this going path going to be to uh, being a winning success, right? And, you know, so that was what I uh, AI was essentially there. What do you think AI is now? Well, you know,
1: still it is machine learning. I see, you know, I mean, we really need to just, I I don't like the term artificial intelligence that much because it it seems to indicate, you know, human-like characteristics. And there really aren't. Uh, It's machine learning. Uh, It is, um, there, there are limitations on it. But it is certainly far more powerful than it was in the '80s. <laughs> just, <Yeah>. just saying,
0: <laughs> a couple of things have changed. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Hey, I can't say I won the championship pente program play. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
1: Um, yeah, you know, it's it, it's what's most important about AI is is how you set it up, how you instruct it. What are you trying to find? What is your intent? Is your intent to, you know, a lot of people use AI now for uh, decision making and for, you know, trying to get the, um, uh, you know, the, the best advertising message or uh, advertising placement. AI is obviously all over the place with um, uh, uh, digital advertising and how it is uh, placed, you know, within microseconds on a site that you're loading based on bidding and based on meeting certain metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but to use it to actually create something instead of to, uh, you know, make good decisions about something mm-hmm. is
0: the, what is probably it's the most revolutionary change that's happened.
2: It's important and, too, you know,
0: they. Um... Uh, you, know, you said that you're getting the right message. I saw some research not too long ago that was that, you know, in terms of marketing, if if you get the message right on the first message you send to a client, you have like an 80% improvement over the lifetime of that client of getting or as a prospect of getting a conversion, getting that first. You know, a lot of people just send out messages to get one that works, but, you know, getting the first one right dramatically mm-hmm. Your, your your revenue and your opportunity success. So you know, it's important. So anyway when we come back uh, I want to continue our conversation on the role of artificial intelligence in the content market.
2: Look forward to it. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy and I'm the host of the new show Always Friday.
0: This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast. And my guest, Bruce Amick. So, Bruce, you know, you guys are getting in this game of content, uh, content AI, and what do you think AI, or artificial intelligence, or whatever you want to call it, can, can role? Can what's the role can play in content marketing?
1: Well, um, I think that there's a, a couple of roles that it can play. Uh, I think it has been, you know, playing a role of deciding, you know, uh, what sort of captions or uh, headlines, titles, subjects, and ever to put into emails, to put into uh, display ads. Um, I've seen some innovation in uh, actually putting together short video reels, using AI to um, determine either the sequence or the images chosen or the the text that goes over it. Um, a lot of uh, effort has been put into, you know, trafficking with AI, using AI to monitor how your advertising and your uh, your messages are are trafficked out into the the world of uh, of the web or the world of uh, Facebook and Instagram and things of that nature. Um, where we're seeing just a very, very new breakthrough is in using AI to help create, uh, you know, long form SEO friendly content that uh, helps you get discovered. Uh, I think that, you know, you're kind of at a place now with the consumers are, they're tired of ads (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, and, The death of the cookie, although it didn't happen quite the way that people thought it was going to happen, uh, but it's still dying. And uh, Apple is doing a really good job of making it uh, harder and harder for people to track devices. Uh, So all of that makes content far more important, real actual relevant content. People are using search to get answers. And they want answers either about your company or about the uh, type of product that you serve or, uh, you know, in our cases, uh, about destinations or about uh, concerts or shows or uh, museums and things that they, they have questions. And AI can help in two ways. It can help to parse, you know, the, um, the analytics from the search side of things, but it can also help to create content that then becomes the basis of what's on your site and what gets discovered
0: so you know so it basically uses um it uses you know machine learning to what to go out and, and see what made successful content before and what you're talking about and then um yeah, we'll pull in pull in information and rewrite it? Or what it, how does it work?
1: No, I mean, that is one way that uh, there's a couple of companies that are focusing on uh, rewrites and paraphrasing. And, uh, you know, there's certainly a huge value proposition in that because, you know, you need to have unique content or you get the, the penalization. So, uh, but you may have multiple channels that you're distributing the same content through. You know, may have six different websites and brands uh, and you may be having affiliates that you want this content. You have a press release that wants to go out you, and you don't want to constantly be using the exact same block of text because it will begin to be ignored. So there are companies that focus on rewrite. We do that. Um, but where we think that there's a breakthrough, and this is really, really very recent—I mean, within months—is the capability for certain AI engines and libraries, with proper instruction from, you know, our—we actually have a content scientist—that <laughs> um, are, are there that can create text, can create. You know, a story can create an article and and have, you know, the facts covered, the questions and answers covered, but also descriptive change of voice. You can actually train to mimic a style of a certain writer. Uh, It takes about 100 articles to do that. Uh, But, you know, obviously that can be parsed in a matter of hours. Mm -hmm. and so it's it's that is where i think there's a real game change there and the amount of content on the web in the last year has almost doubled and it's just billions and billions and billions of pages Mm -hmm. and people don't, you know, you're going to get lost. Your company's going to get lost if you're not producing content that is relevant to what people are looking for. And in order for it to be found, it has to have some structure. You know, there's some technical aspects, but it also has to be written to address the things that people are looking for.
0: So, you know, there's a, there is a funnel in content marketing, right? Do you have a sale, you know, that people have awareness of a problem, they you know, then they, they start doing research on, you know, how they might solve the problem that they get into deciding who to buy from. And then they make the negotiation of buying and then they express satisfaction afterwards. And all that involves content, having content. Mm-hmm. Where is AI really good at and where is it still not great at?
1: So um, where it's not great at is if you have a product that's brand new that there's nothing that is written about it anywhere else uh, and so you really you'll have to spend a lot of time building up sort of a fact library and descriptive library for that beforehand because ai is going to go out and look at you know some of some of these different ai engines use libraries Uh, that uh, one of them uh, has 175 billion data points. Uh, Another one has about 50 billion data points. Uh, But it's existing data that's out there, right? So um, (laughs) uh, we're writing content for a show, a Broadway show that hadn't done performances yet and so there was very little that was out there that was written about that particular show and the first couple of rounds that ai came back with were just they were it was making stuff up it was making up the plot of the story it was making up and it just did not match and we you know realized there wasn't enough information out there for ai to just on its own write accurate copy and this is where I think a lot of people don't quite understand um, how to implement AI. Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, there, there, I think there's this expectation, great, we'll just plug in this machine and it's going to generate the content for us. And we can sit back and you know, focus on counting you know, our coins and, and uh, you know, looking at the traffic rise. Um, you really have to have a human involved. There has to be somebody who looks this over and makes sure that um, the robot wasn't drinking.
0: (laughs) That's how we like to put it. Well, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I find also important content is behavioral science. You know, if you see my proposition about wise content, it's not just artificial intelligence, but behavioral science. You know, for example in travel writing i use a i use an academic uh study called um, you know about memorable tourism experiences which mm-hmm. has developed emotional scale and it's found that anticipation of uh, a, a memorable experience really you know helps build and make that a more intense experience and then you know the memorable experience um it, you know creates and in- revisit intention and brand loyalty. So that's the reason I do it. But you know when I started doing it in SEO, I found out that if I applied this emotional language to you know uh to uh you know like the title tags and 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 the meta descriptions and then even the content itself, I got a much more engagement rates and much more click-through rates. Mm-hmm. So it's very successful. Do you think that um AI is able to integrate behavioral science into producing its content, or is it going to discover that through the patterns, but not really understand
1: it? No, I, I actually do very strongly believe that it's able to uh, add behavioral science into, and we're actually playing with that right now. We um, in, in our tool, we are um, scoring uh, whether things, you know, if there's an emotional bias in, in a particular title or a paragraph or uh, things are leading up, because we 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 want to be able to match the tone of our clients mm-hmm. and uh, uh, for the content that we're creating, or match the tone of the the venue or the destination. So, um, you know, sometimes you want a little sarcasm in there. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to be all happy fun memories but um it's still important to make sure that you can uh titrate that uh in the writing and yes it is possible to answer your question it is definitely possible
0: it just takes a, it takes going back to algorithms then again really How do you well it, yeah it's algorithms it's feeding
1: data and it's you know you really do have to train you have to train the robot it's not going to figure it out on its own
0: now I heard somebody told me uh, that if you train it, if you train a robot not at all, or if you train it with too much, you're liable to get duplicate content. Is that true? Um,
1: you would if you didn't put an in instruction not to to generate duplicate content, right? right. So it's
0: <laughs>
1: so it's the it's one of the
0: fundamental, uh, you know. Uh, uh, whatever, Isaac Asimov's, you know, commandments to, uh, their three commandments to robots. Add on to that, uh, do not create co- duplicate content. Do not kill people. Do not create the duplicate okay. content. <laughs> well, let, let's so take a break and we'll come back and we'll uh, talk more about AI and talk about your company. Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Create Twelve podcast with my guest Bruce Amick, and I even though I've been doing this for a year, I still get I still forget to unmute sometimes, (laughs) Uh, and uh, we're talking about uh, AI. But uh, you know, uh, Bruce, I wanted to um, uh, you know you've got this company Places dot um which uh you know uh, you know uh, it's a new company for me and you uh you know I, you know and I, I want to find out more but what's your 30 second pitch to investors <laughs>
1: uh i you know i have been responding to that question with i have an elevator pitch but it has to be for a very high building because i to need more than 30 seconds yeah. um well, so places, uh, you know, we originally started out as being able to create marketplaces that would be white label marketplaces. So if a hotel or a convention visitor bureau or uh, a publisher wanted a, uh, a things to do, you know, what can I do in this area? What can I do near my hotel? What can I, you know, do they would be uh, our site. Our site, which be would be hosted under their domain and branded with whatever their brand identity is, uh, would provide those thousands and thousands of listings. We we have APIs that um, connect to various uh, ticketing systems and other sources of event data, and uh, and then obviously we create content with AI, and so we have a very rich marketplace for the different clients that we serve. We have a couple of clients on the West coast that are publishers, the focus on the performing arts. Um, and that's, that was the main focus of our company. But once we found out how uh, self plug here, how awesome our AI tool was, <laughs> <laughs> um, we began to realize that that was probably going to be a better contributor to uh, the the world that we're looking at, and the um, the bottom line of our company. So uh, we are playing around with some brand changes, brand name changes for our company, and we'll get back to you on that in a little bit. But for now, okay. places focuses on things to do, places to visit, and we provide content uh, for people that are interested in consuming that. And
0: you, you provide the content, there, uh, so you use your technology to create the content. And get humans that will make sure it's good content, um, and uh, and then you you what what do you sell anything besides content? Otherwise, like process, you know, management.
1: Well, it's yeah. We have we have a process. You know, everybody has their own uh, content workflow, so we don't want to impose upon. What we generally do in, in an engagement with a customer uh, is. Uh, start by providing content, and then look at the intersection points, uh, both on determining the content schedule and you know getting articles assigned or updates assigned, and how does that flow to us? What works best for them? Uh, and then how and piping it back into their content management system? You know, some people do not want it automatically piped in because it's got to go through uh, editorial and through legal and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so they don't want to automatically going into their CMS. But others are, God, please, please do it for us. <laughs> please put it in there. Um, so and generally what we like to do is say, uh, let's do a test project first so that we can figure out where to connect all the pipes. Um, and, and the result of that is that you're still getting product. You're still getting content and addressing those the, that pain point. While you're also onboarding, essentially your new content process.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the uh, I've I, of course have been involved a lot in travel content. Uh-huh. You know, a couple of the pain points before you can get to the writing of content is one is is what what keywords do you actually target, and then what are the topics? What are the topics? Companies have a real hard time with that when you're doing SEO content at scale. Right. What are the topics you know that you're going to write about? What are the keywords you're focusing on? Do You guys help with that? Yes. Yeah, we do.
1: We so we
0: we offer um, as a
1: service. It's built into our tool. We have a, you know keyword analyzer in our tool, and then th- that keyword analyzer will then bring back prompts for writing the content articles. But and we'll also suggest topics as well. Uh, so the AI is suggesting topics and, and helping with the content calendar uh, and all of that. Um, not everybody wants that. Some people have an SEO uh, team that's in yeah. place and they love that SEO team. And the SEO team, their only problem is they can't get enough content.
0: And then they also have social media teams. They have all people right. teams. They have all sorts of people in there. So it's like, yeah, you know, getting through all that was, Hey, hey, listen, now, I, you know, I've been playing around with AI, right, and working with it. And one of the things I've done real successfully is generate a content plan with all the keywords, we come up with mm. like 100 pages to support a concept, right. organized with 10 keywords each page, blah, blah, blah. And I can do that now in like five minutes, right? Right. But yep. you hand, if some people you hand it off to and it's like you're a savior, other people. Right. Like they're, they're they're you just see fear go across their face because now they gotta they would have to take that through so many different people that would right. <laughs> yeah we had a meeting like that yesterday actually uh, the client said okay
1: here's the problem I've got three different divisions they all have their own ideas of what's got to happen so I've got to figure out how I can sell this to them uh, mm-hmm. and I said well all right well, let us know how we can help
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you've got you got your technology product you yeah. know. How are you going to get a lot of customers? Well, we actually kind of started with a list. Once we
1: realized that um, we had uh, the you know the capability to generate content quickly, uh, and that it was relevant, that it ranked, uh, and that uh, you know we could sort of have a, a bit of an assembly line going, we looked at. The, uh, companies that we have relationships with because uh, my co-founders and I, we've been in business for uh, what maybe not under this company but under different companies for uh, I'm the longest with 40 years of leading companies and 30 very focused on technology. Um, uh, Marina's uh, she was global VP of uh, WPP for, for digital. Uh, you know, there's a, we have a lot of connections. So we just made a list of about 300 companies uh, that we felt would probably need to be generating more than, uh, you know, 500 or 600 pieces of content per year and started approaching them. And it was honestly, first call, they're interested.
0: What if a company's listening and they have different pain points, what is the pain point that they should say, ah, I need to call you guys?
1: Well, um, I think there's two. I'm going to say there's two pain points. The first one is they know that they have to generate content. They have their SEO plan, but they just cannot generate it fast enough. And it's too expensive. So they should definitely call us because, you know, we're essentially a service that hands them the content ready for them to consume but can also turn into a subscription service for them. And we can go into that later. Um, if you're, you know that content will help you, but you don't have a plan and you don't have SEO, then you should call us because we can get you you know, from the, oh, my God, what do I do? Stage to here's what I do. And I got to say, it is so more cost effective than trying to set up a new digital ad campaign right and you can really measure the results none of this i know that half of my advertising is wasted but i just don't know which half with content you know you know what's working you can tweak it and yeah it's just um sorry
0: so <laughs> i'm preaching to the choir here
1: yeah. i'm preaching to the preacher <laughs> i know
0: what is your what is your revenue model how are you gonna make money with this
1: Well, um, you know, a couple of ways. One is uh, on the SEO services. Um, You know, obviously there's, there's, um, you know, agency type of of fees that are involved there. Um, We also, but the main, the main focus is on the both the content that is being delivered during that uh, initial project phase. Uh, And if, somebody doesn't want to go to a subscription where their users on our platform um, then that content is you know with margin and it's five times delivered five times at least faster than any other uh, content uh, services that you've been using and it's at least half as expensive so it's, it's pretty it's nicely priced it's definitely good. But uh, then, once they're on the platform and they're they're pulling the levers themselves, uh, then it would be a subscription model. So,
0: you know, um, besides businesses out there, we also have people that are content creators listening. Um, how does how will how will AI, uh, you know, help content creators produce better content? How, and, and what should they be worried? <laughs> um, you know, I think they shouldn't be worried because,
1: uh, honestly, there is so much that requires the human uh, experience, um, uh, intent, uh, the the human um, expertise, subject matter expertise. I think what ends up happening with these these AI tools. Uh, a lot of them are pitched as their main value proposition is they uh, they're a cure for writer's block. When you so you're sitting there in front, of you just don't know what to write. Uh, that is one thing, um, but I guess think about <laughs> back to your story before. Did the printing press really ruin the authorship of books? It didn't. Did the typewriter ruin the authorship of books? It didn't. Did the word processor ruin the authorship of books? It didn't. Uh, I just This is a way to help you create better content. It's a really good New York Times article. This uh, came out in November where the, uh, the, I guess you call them a reporter, right? Uh <laughs> wrote,
0: They're a content he wrote,
1: producer. <laughs> he wrote he wrote hey right, he you not call him a content producer, call him a reporter. Uh <laughs> he he was writing a book review on a uh, book on AI that was written by um Henry Kissinger, uh Eric Smith and somebody else. Uh so like three like giants of technology and whatever i don't know why henry kissinger was in there but he was uh and he ended up using ai to help him write the review it was very it was very meta and not in the zuckerberg fashion (laughs) so um i i really feel that this is you know um It's like going from whiteout to a word processor, right? Right. It's it it should help people that are serious about this to be able to generate more content and spend uh, and and have it all be high quality and be worth the you know the 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 money that uh, they're getting paid for it. Okay, not that it isn't now. Sorry, that is
0: not a judgment call. (laughs) So, there you have it. The content producers out there, you're going to be safe. So, don't be Luddites. So, we come back. I want to talk a little bit about ethical and uh, legal considerations of this industry.
2: Join us every Tuesday at 4pm Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behaviour to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday, for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on Mm talkradio.nyc.
0: Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the uh, uh, Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest Bruce Amick. So, Bruce, we're talking about AI. You know, as, as with all sort of new endeavors, there's ethical considerations. What uh, what should uh, what should we what should we, what, what are the ethical considerations that should be taken account when using AI content?
1: Well, I think that there are some. Um, I'm not going to say invalid concerns, but some concerns that are maybe more valid than others. I think the, um, you know, um, the Terminator scenario where uh, robots are out to kill humanity. um, While I'm not going to say that never, ever could happen, I don't really think that that is a a near horizon kind of issue, and I don't. I think that uh, it's let's let's think about some other things that are a little bit more uh, close on the horizon that are problematic. Some of that is um, the you know the misinformation that gets propagated uh, on uh, social media channels and uh, on the on the web, and that could very easily be augmented by ai and that is a concern i think that's a concern for the uh the creators of these ai engines uh it's a concern of anyone who has a business that's associated with ai that you don't want to be you know uh tarred with that same brush as it were Uh, and it's but it's it is a valid concern And, and there should be ways to um restrict that from happening and I don't think that they're necessarily built into the AI software. I think they're they're more something that is on the platforms themselves. Uh, and this is you know this this is something that we're struggling with AI or not is how do platforms uh, you know regulate the content of the the contributors yeah. um, and should they how much should they you know obviously the the Spotify argument with uh, uh, Neil Young versus Joe Rogan <laughs> is out there, but it's you know it's, it's some valid things. I mean elections not, and not and health bias. concerns, all sorts of things.
0: How about bias as well? I mean in, in a problem that we have to deal with is bias as well?
1: Well, so there's the AI is creating based on instructions. It's creating content based on instructions and training so, Uh, You know, just as if the writer can have bias, the AI can learn a bias as well. Um, But I don't see in the very near future at all, AI having intentions.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right? So the, the robots aren't planning to take over.
0: Well, pretty, it's, pretty it's, pretty it's sure. the data right it's the data whatever data garbage in garbage out right well sure it's the data it's the training as well i mean what yeah. do you what are you training and
1: again we very firmly believe in a number of uh of the best in class ai uh companies are are similarly inclined there has to be a human involved there has to be a human um you know, someone looking at the content and double checking it or the training part, but what, there really should be a human involved. should not go right from machine to website, right from machine to Instagram, right from machine to Facebook. It's um, not when you're talking about long form content. Perhaps when it's just an ad and with a, uh, the title line on front of it, that's
0: one thing. So... But, um, um, you know, also of a, 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 a good, a good, uh, you know, thing that I, I, I wonder about is what happens to copyright in an AI-created content world.
1: Well, my prediction: it will make many lawyers rich figuring
0: it <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there's been things like this. When what? Wasn't there some sort of monkey story of taking a picture? of Who owns the copyright?
1: Yes, the the monkey selfie case, the monkey selfie lawsuit is uh, is is used as a parallel uh when talking about ai um and the monkey selfie lawsuit was uh this photographer uh set up his equipment uh in a uh, a game refuge where there were these uh types of and um, they're not monkeys they're gibbons or something i don't remember exactly what so that they could take pictures themselves right and uh, and then he published those pictures, and he was um, arguing that he had the copyright uh, because it was his equipment. He was the one who set it up in place, and PETA, uh, you know, uh, the, that nonprofit organization, that Advocates for Animals, said no, the monkeys own the copyright. <laughs> so in various in various countries. This is something. So, uh,
0: and they in, won in several countries, right? Yeah.
1: Well, so Germany. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I may botch this. So, um, any lawyers listening, you know, uh, there's a yeah, disclaimer okay. somewhere. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but some com- countries say that there has to be a human involved. Uh, if there isn't a human involved, then there is no copyright. Copyright can only be given to a person. Um. Yeah. And then some countries recognize that a person was involved in setting up whatever it was that ended up creating the content. Um, it's not resolved around the world, and it is certainly not resolved in the U.S. Because it's, yeah, I mean,
0: it's a big question. Like, if you if mm-hmm. you put up co- content that's totally by an AI, you, know, you might not own it. <laughs> you might not. Yeah. Well, it may be just
1: free um so anyway there's there's yeah. a lot of debate about this right now uh, and it's one of the again another reason why for our product we have people involved mm. make sure that there is, you know we have three sets of eyes that look over every piece of content before it goes out
0: so um, what where can people follow you get in contact with you if they're interested in things that you have to say or what you're doing what what should they do
1: well we're i'm on linkedin uh we're uh we have our own website places dot places dot dot com
0: so
1: it's dot dot com yeah places dot com um we uh and that's pretty much it i'm not uh i'm not a big social guy i'm more of a b2b kind of person but uh that's, that's where you can find us. Um, are, you, are you guys are,
0: producing any, uh, any uh, thought leadership uh, articles and things like that?
1: that people... We're, yes, we are. We have a, we, <laughs> you know, it's a classic case of, of the Carpenters kids have no shoes, right? Uh, it's, we have a content calendar in place and we are generating blog articles, but everybody else's work gets done before ours gets done.
0: So, <laughs> but you can do it five times faster right <laughs> we can do
1: it five times faster and, and and so our clients so far have been saying more 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 uh you All know right. we everybody is renewing and say you know we asked one client how many should we go for and they said well if you're doing a hundred a day we think that's probably good oh
0: there you go good wow <laughs> so um thank you for being on this show bruce it's been a pleasure it's my pleasure joseph i you know i really enjoy you
1: you're one of the smartest people i've ever met oh, uh please. so i really enjoy talking with you at any time i wish we could do this at a lunch oh, uh, place was, uh, in in
0: manhattan but that will little, happen yeah. at some but, uh, point uh this is uh oh, this is the um a wise uh, Content Creates Wealth podcast. We have a site called wisecontentcreateswealth.com where you can find the episodes of uh, previous episodes and the newsletter you can sign up to. My company is galileotechmedia.com if you're interested in content, wise content uh, production services, SEO um, and content marketing. Um, the, the, I am part of the Talk talkradio.nyc network with this podcast. And that is a network of a lot of uh, live podcasts happening every day. I recommend you listen. It goes from self-help to business, to small business, to, you know, wellness, to, you know, just exploring, uh, you know, interesting topics of, uh, for that, uh, you know, that you, you would uh, enjoy. So please stick around and find out more about what you can watch on this network. It's a great pleasure. Um, I'm on social media. You can go to uh, basically just use Joseph McElroy as the username on just about every piece of social media because I joined, joined everything first. <laughs> um, and uh, use Joseph McElroy as the name, and you'll usually find me on whatever social media there is. Um, I mean, I'm playing with TikTok now. So, anyway, uh, it's been enjoyable, and we'll see you next week at the same time from noon until 1 every Friday uh, with Wise Contact Create 12 Podcast. See you later. Bruce. Yeah, thank you, Joseph, for having me. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
2: Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc.